CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This Ben Jarofsky Show, Benny J Bonus Interview is brought to you in part by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 in District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. That's correct. Benny J, take it away. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show as I speak. It's Friday, January 31st, 2020 in the year 2020. Uh, Sun Chicago Sun Times headline. If you're listening to this podcast and it's the year 2032, Hollywood makeover for CPD. Dude, that's not that. You know, I just love those bright one headlines, but that's just um that the, the Charlie Beck, the new interim top cop, came to the bright one and they did an interview with him. Hollywood makeover for CPD. <laughs> Whatever. That's what the headline is, right, D? No. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Sorry. All right. Uh, as we do all the time on the Ben Jarowski Bonus Show, I ask my distinguished guests to introduce themselves. And so I'm going to start with this distinguished guest right over here, and I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Lior. I'm uh, a, now a senior staff writer at the Chicago Reader. Yeah, me and Maya. Yeah. As of like uh, two weeks ago or something. Hey, hey get him some drinks or something like that. <laughs> Uh, congratulations. I have, I have bad man. news for you about, about the drinks. <laughs> I don't drink. Oh, okay. Uh, and distinguished guest over here? Philip Montoro. I'm the music editor at The Reader, and uh, I, I guess technically Lior's boss. Yes, you are technically Lior's boss. Lior's been a guest on the show several times. He was a guest on the show I used to have before I got fired. Uh, Lior is the person we bring in uh, to talk about popular music, of which I know absolutely nothing. So it's always kind Same. of fun. <laughs> Come on, man. Lior knows a lot about popular music. And uh, Philip, this is your um, first uh, visit to the show. So welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right. So the reason Philip and Lior are here today uh, is because the reader has an epic a uh, special section in the the issue this week, the best Chicago albums of the 2010s. And first of all, let me start by saying, gentlemen, great job. Uh, this must have been a lot of work, a lot of hard work. I mean, there are literally dozens of albums. Uh, just getting the names right would have been a, just a, a monumental task. There are literally hundreds of albums. There hundreds are 338 of- albums. Dang. in this and that's not including the seven acdc albums that jake austin one of our one of our 57 contributors listed ac just yes with yeah yeah he, he got uh the damon Locke's black monument ensemble on there and a jackie chain record i forget the third one um and then and then he just was like you know what i i don't want to think about this anymore i'm gonna put on a bunch of acdc bootlegs ah uh, I know an ACDC song. You ready, D? <laughs> Highway to Hell, baby. Come on. All right. <laughs> Highway to 
And you said you don't know popular. Come music. on, I know my stuff. Uh, Pre nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, it's 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 important for. Uh, so you're just a Bon Scott guy, is what you're, what you're saying? Uh, you know what you're talking about. Uh, wait, I okay. Here's something I'm going to give you, Leora. I'm going to throw. Why, a why are we talking about ACDC? <laughs> I'm going to throw a trivia question at you, young man. All right. Very it? sorry. Okay, so today early in the show we're doing a bit about the Illinois State Fair. And how uh, last year there was a controversy over a band named Confederate Railroad, which is a, um, a southern uh, country western band that has a Confederate flag on the stage. Of they course. cut a deal to have them appear at the uh, fair. And then J.B. Pritzker ripped up the contract and said, you can't appear. And we, we talked about that a lot on the show. Anyway, so this year, no Confederate Railroad. Instead, they had a group. <clears throat> when Dennis read the name of this group, I thought he was making it up. And I thought he was like picking on the old guy day at the Ben Jarofsky show, like making up groups. I hope but, it's King Gizzard and the Lizard, Lizard Wizard. Oh, no. No, it is a group. And I've tested people that have come to the studio since then. And quite a few of them seem to know this group. Yeah, all so the I think white it, guys. <laughs> and they're, that's 30 or over. No, David Seaton did not know the name. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Sure. For 10 trivia points. <laughs> have you ever heard of the group called Puddle of Mud? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, it, how do you? How, we could just say okay. To, well, here's a, here's my reaction to that. Is Ben, you you? I mean, you watch a lot of movies. Do you watch any TV? Uh, not really. Okay, if you watch The Good Place, which ended last night, there uh, there is one pivotal moment. I think in the second se- season where they just play Puddle of Mud over and over again. I never watched The Good Place. Good Have Place, you? NBC. No. Puddle of Mud is an unfortunately popular band. So you're not a fan of them. They, I mean, you know, it's... All right, we're on a tangent here, but before we go any further, uh, we so had sorry, a guest. Paul. No, that's... Uh, 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 Micah uh, also really was our guest. inefficient in their use of Ds. Yeah. Yeah, they a have lot a lot of Ds. Of Ds. Too many See, that's why I'm giving you credit for getting all these spelling right. There's mud, <laughs> M-U-D, uh-uh, M-U-D-D in Puddle of Mud. Okay, on uh, that topic, Micah, I need to interject uh, because we did spell one album title wrong. That's my fault. Is Velcro it, Lewis, Amnesia, Haze. It is not Amnesia... <laughs> That's um, on me. Andy, I'm very sorry. We did catch it online. You know, I noticed that. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, Micah Utrecht was a uh, guest earlier today. He's a, a writer for Jacobin. He was debating uh, David Seaton, uh, Bernie versus uh, Biden. I urge everybody to check that out when you're not listening to this. Uh, but he, he wanted to give, when he heard you were going to be Lior, he said, uh, tell Lior, he wants to know, are you still listening to Smash Mouth every single day? Uh, not every single day. Uh but occasionally it was your backstory. new year's resolution right backstory yeah backstory was backstory. my new year's Go resolution ahead. last year was to listen to smash mouth's all-star daily for the entire year and i and i did it for what reason uh it was a dumb idea <laughs> it was a funny joke and i've never i've never done a uh, like an actual new year's resolution and it just seemed to be like a very silly thing that i could set for myself uh Le- has never been shy about Beating a dumb joke completely to death. <laughs> By the way, we have to give Lior some love, Philip. About we two do. weeks ago, the reader had its um, what retreat, and we were playing these theater oh games to loosen things up. And Lior, you're gonna remind you, me of my loss. Well, you lost. Yes, I was gonna say one man. We I got about second finals. place. This about zip zap zap. Yes. Yeah, zip zap zap. Yeah. yeah. We, I was talking zip zap zap. Yeah. I, I got out. I was the. You were. You made it to the last round. I was yeah. the second person out of the game. I got tripped up. Every everybody was like laughing around me, and it just messed me up. Well, you know what they say about second place. 
that's just the last loser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so about All that right. music poll. All right. Yeah, about that music poll, Philip. Philip, welcome to the program. Oh, come on, Philip. All right. Uh, such a boss, right? Is it, is it all right to, to actually die? Yeah, it's the Ben Jarofsky podcast. That's all rules are out the window. Okay. All right. So best Chicago albums of the 2010s. Uh, start by talking about uh, Lior. Uh, how do you define Chicago album? Um, Philip and I had this discussion when I kind of pitched the concept to him and then to Karen and CJ. Uh, but the, the Chicago album was loose. When we reached out to people to contribute to this, we said like, may just make sure that you can argue your point if you think it's slightly out of bounds chicago obviously like the most obvious ones are people who are born here and live here but you can also be living here when you're making the album claim another hometown smino who's a very popular rapper singer who made his career in chicago and still lives in chicago is from st louis and claims st louis so hard but he is so intertwined with the community here that you know obviously a lot of people consider him a Chicagoan uh there uh it, we we also went as far as to say like people who just convened here to record an album here and just you know came in and out of town like that that counts so there were there were a few albums on this list that people were like I don't know if that's a Chicago album yeah convened is important if it's a a group of musicians who are rooted and identified with another city and they just happen to record at a studio here probably not mm -hmm. but if they're from all over the place and that happens. We, I, I think, yeah, we also put on a Henry Threadgill record. We permitted that because of his long roots here, even though he's no longer a Chicagoan. Um, Jacob Arnold put a Detroit house producer on there because the label that released the album is Chicago-based, and that one I was okay with. Yeah, no. we, we weren't necessarily looking for excuses to narrow the scope of this or to tell people, no, your, your favorite album doesn't count. So, yeah, there are some... There are some disputable inclusions, but I think the one that really threw there, the one that I've heard the most from people is the Gorillaz album because Gorillaz is a popular UK cartoon band. Uh, and that particular album, I was like, that's fine with me because the Twilight Tone, who's best known as kind of the DJ and producer behind Common when Common came out and is still very much a part of the Chicago community, was one of the like members of the group at that point and brought Mavis Staples onto the album, brought a lot, brought, I think, Jamie Principal. It's it's like a, a it's it's really couched in Chicago culture, so I was able to yeah, fight and, for and that one. Backing up just a second, Sorry, yeah. Karen and Sujay are our editors in chief. Yes, yes. that is yes. correct. Shout out to Karen and Sujay. And um, so the the art the um, the list opens with an essay, Lior, that you wrote that sort of lays out sort of what you view like the values of Chicago music or the sort of the themes that drove you. Uh, when I urge everybody to, even if you don't read the list, check out this essay. I think it's a very well-written essay. Uh, talk about some of the the issues that you raised in this opening essay. Yeah, I mean, I I I feel like it was kind of a bullet point of of things that have happened in Chicago that people who live here are very familiar with, and people who don't live here might not know about all the public schools that closed in a single day under the Rahm administration. Or, you know, like Ed Burke was described as in terms of like his relationship to Trump when the FBI raided his, you know, his offices and people who live in the city are familiar with what those figures actually mean to the community. And a lot of the musicians who live in the city interact with, you know, that it's part of their world. And I think their art is shaped by that and responds to that. And I think for me specifically, part of the reason I wanted to do this project is because it 
uh, it would allow us to kind of see what shaped people's idea of what it meant to live in the city and interact with other people in the city and be part of artistic communities here. And you don't necessarily see that in a lot of other, you know, best albums of the year, best movies of the year, you know, and not to say that those aren't good, but, but this, but by framing it as, as a device to, of how to look at how people lived in Chicago in the past decade and how that uh, faced outwards through a very important art form. I mean, I think Philip and I, when, you know, we, we put so much of ourselves into this work because we really believe in the power of music. Uh, and, and a lot of this stuff has been exported to various communities outside of the city that have responded well. Um, and we just wanted to show that it can be a part of a continuum because it is, because as you know, in the positions that we're in, I see it as all these things are interlocked and they're, you know, it's part of this like really amazing web that, uh, and a lot of these musicians are in conversation with each other or they're not, but there, there are connections there. And yeah, I, I, I just wanted people to kind of see that framework for, for how I view the world. Yeah. I'm fond of reminding people that the human species developed music before written language, you know, that indicate just how important it is in our history uh, and continues to be. Um, you think it's all right to talk a little about the structure of this project, just how the list came to be, what it is? Should I just let Philip do the interview? Let it rip. Philip, you're hired. <laughs> yeah, man, say what you want to say. Sure. Well, I, we've had some interactions with folks in social media since this was published that suggest not everybody can tell what we did. Mm. Um, these 338 albums were not anointed by the Chicago Reader as an institution. Uh, it was, in fact, a poll. Mm. Uh, we invited, I don't know, more than 150 people. I don't remember exactly how many. Mm -hmm. um, in the end, 57 ended up participating. And the, the list of albums, basically 570 votes. Everybody picked their top 10. And the list of albums ended up at 338 because there was a fair amount of overlap. Some people picked the same albums. Uh, I, I was grat gratified, actually, that there was so little. It meant, meant that we succeeded in picking people who had relatively diverse tastes. Uh, I, I think we still skewed toward younger folks. Um, there's like a real shortage of jazz and classical music on this list, which, which hurts my heart a little bit. Uh, one of the people who <laughs> didn't participate, and this is, this is the saddest thing, um, is Peter Margusak. He's a staff writer at The Reader. Uh, for I think 25 years, I work with him for more than 15 of those. Mm -hmm. uh, he just didn't see the invitation. <laughs> but his his uh, his writing for the reader like, shaped the the depth, the range, and the character of our coverage, like to an incalculable degree. His his presence here, his voice here, especially given his strength in those genres, is very much missed. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, the, the, we, I'm really happy with the number of people and, and the, the people who did contribute to this, but because, you know, we were asking people to, uh, to, to come up with a short list for a long period of time mm -hmm. that covered a long period of time. And we were asking them to do free labor for that. We did pay the people who wrote, we, we have <clears throat> 50 albums, have hundred length, hundred word length blurbs, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, written in, and and for those we paid, but we couldn't pay people to rank the album. So yeah, we we couldn't guarantee upfront that 
if you fill out this list, mm -hmm. you'll end up with a paid assignment because, geez, what if all 160 people <laughs> filled it out? Yeah. Like we knew that was a long shot, but we, we couldn't afford that many paid assignments, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so the, the older, more established writers may have been more likely to see that as unpaid labor and, and have taken a pass. But uh, with any luck, if, if we use the infrastructure we have in place to do another similar project in the future, they'll see how magnificently this turned out and, and they'll get on board. No, it's really, a, it's quite a package. Uh, and the illustrations, the headlines, everything. Uh, and in only one misspelling, that's pretty damn good. Uh, Don't say that. Don't say that. You right. just jinxed us. We're going to find another one like as soon as we look down at this paper. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, my name is spelled Yeah, wrong. I was going to say, Philip, <laughs> is your name's only spelled with one L, isn't it? Uh, uh, anyway, all right. So let's uh, take it through. Oh, they put one D in Puddle of Mud. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's, yeah, Puddle of Mud didn't make this. Oh, wait, they're not from Chicago. If, if you were to spell it with only one D, would, where would you put it? Would it be Puddle of Ma or Paul? Oh, never mind. I would, oh, I would yeah. replace the P with a D. Dull of Ma. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, you, you brought uh, some songs in? Yeah, we brought right? a um, So, a lot of the, a lot of these albums were released by local independent labels. So, I reached out to Super Records, which I think Yay. they had maybe 10 albums that they've released in here. Um, international Anthem had a very good showing as well. They're Can I give a, a shout out to them? A great local jazz label. Um, yeah, that, I, I think, I can't, there are definitely local labels on here that maybe only have one or two, but for the most part, it's like, yeah, it's a lot of independent labels. So I, I reached out to the folks at Super Records and got the thumbs up to play a couple songs that are off albums that are included in that, that you know, made it to this list. Now, tell me, did you uh, participate as well? Did you put your top yeah. 10 in? Yeah, yeah, uh, both me and Philip did. All right, uh, so yes. are any of the songs, I probably shouldn't have sued this on the mic, but whatever. Uh, actually, no, no, uh, yeah. Okay. I, 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 that said, they were, like, in my long list. Like, okay. I, I, yeah, I genuinely love both of these artists and the work that they do. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really into what this label has been doing for the past for you talk a little so. bit about the label itself you mentioned super records tell people super yeah it. uh it's an artist-owned label uh it's co-owned by namdi who is one of the artists who he is in the top 10 actually he is tied for 10th place with chew which is a hardcore band i think we might be the only uh uh outlet that put together a decade and review best albums list that has a hardcore hardcore band and like a bunch of rappers in the top 10 um but yeah super well, it is chicago it is chicago yeah super is uh is coned by nandi this guy sen morimoto who also has a great album of his in this list um uh and this guy glenn who i reached out to who's in a couple bands that has that that's released music on this label and they've been quite prolific over the past handful of years um yeah for those of you out there who might want to look into super records s-o-o-p-e-r yeah Two yeah. O's instead of a U. Uh, if you're going to search that, it'll okay. make your life a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, you want to introduce the song that you're going to play? Sure. Uh, let's let's go with Namdi. Uh, Let go of my ego is the name of the song. He all of the songs on this album uh, that they use uh, capitalized letters in places that you would not expect them to be and lowercase letters in places that you would not expect them to be. Does so he spell it with two G's. I believe. Ego? Like the waffle. Oh no, he doesn't. So it's just ego. Ego, yeah. But yeah. he pronounces it. Oh. He says ego. Yeah. It's... <laughs> 
Well, it's regardless, the, Ben the has never heard it in his life. <laughs> yes. Conventionally, of ben, course, that would be Lego my ego. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we're gonna get sued now. Wow. Uh, well, you don't get sued for making spelling errors. Ego. You just get chastised. No, no, no. That was <laughs> been a long that week. Was, that was a trademark <laughs> phrase. I'm almost certain. Oh, I poked the no no when they spoke to with your pedo. Rigor mortis after credit, seen off they don't want to let go. Pooter up the belly, or the Kelly, make a mecca loud. Get up, cut, 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 All right, give us uh, the scoop in that song, Leo. Um, <laughs> what, what specifically would you like to know about it? Go. All of it. Yeah, all of it. Namdi, uh, I think, is one of the most interesting figures in Chicago's like young music scene, in part because he is so prolific and multi-talented and does a lot of work to combine different different styles of music he came out of a the like south suburban punk scene and he plays bass drums guitar he produces everything himself uh he 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 has a way of making music that is really fascinating and really he's also represented on our list uh as a member i think of monobody yeah monobody which is one of the more of like a prog rock band yeah yeah which he drums in uh he he plays in at least one or two hardcore bands although he has become so popular and so in demand as a musician like a backing musician for other bands that tour frequently that uh when he's not working on his solo music it seems like it's fairly infrequent that he's able to play with his other bands but yeah he uh i I just i really enjoy his like unself-conscious and like joyful commitment to his idiosyncrasies like nobody raps like that like that's not a cool thing to do that's just what he likes and it's beautiful. And I think it's cool. Uh, yeah. Okay, Lior thinks it's what I'm saying, It's not fashionable. It, yeah, it's, it's not. not yeah. Like, it's not a trendy way yeah, to be rapping. Yeah, nobody's That's trying to, I mean. yeah, nobody's trying to do what Namdi is doing. Uh, and I don't know that anyone could do what he's doing. Explain the distinction between hardcore and prog rock. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, you could say that the two are opposites. I mean. Okay. Uh, like, okay, on one hand, we have an apple and then there's a watermelon. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, Got that? Yeah. <laughs> Very different, but also both edible. So explain it. Go uh, ahead. Uh, hard, like if you if you want to go back to the beginning of hardcore punk being an offshoot of of punk, but like faster, far more aggressive, shorter. Uh, that's kind of like a basic definition. Way less melodic. <laughs> uh, whereas Prague is, uh, and uh, I feel like my definition is. I'll, I'll let oh, you want to yeah. Yeah. want to do that. This is this is where I could get into the weeds really quickly. Yeah. But uh, it, it's best known for its sort of decadent uh, flowering in the late '70s, where you had like uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and and uh, would be another good example from that era. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> well, obviously, I was just gonna. I was trying to go a little. I was gonna wanted to go to a deeper cut than Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. <laughs> But yeah, like early Genesis, uh, Gentle Giant. I, I'm not going to drop names because I'll forget something really important and look like an idiot. But um, a lot of people think that punk rock was uh, a reaction to like arena rock and prog rock and how um, 
bloated and pretentious they got, but you know, I, I think that's a bad rap for prog rock. And I think an artist like King Crimson is still doing good work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think an artist like Nandi shows the, the connections between the two. It's just that prog rock tended to have a classical influence, high degree of complexity, high degree of virtuosity. Um, they like to write about hobbits. Oh no. Um, (laughs) also true though. Yeah. A lot of sci-fi and fantasy elements. Um, like Rush, for instance, to speak of a band that's been in the news a lot lately, have a lot of roots in prog rock. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think it'd be debatable whether you classify them there, but you know they share some DNA. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's beard stroke and rock and roll, man. Uh, and uh, <laughs> a lot of male fans. Yes. Do you like that? Yeah, yeah. Good stroking. Prog, rock prog tells a story. I said punk beards, rock is just beard stroking. Maybe like two oh, to three minutes. Beard stroking. beard stroking, you know, like, oh, yeah. like, hmm. Uh, Whereas puddle of mud, pondering uh, this. puddle of mud. What do they do? <laughs> I, I say this with fondness. I, I like prog rock generally. I speaking. thought you were going to say puddle of mud. A lot of it's deeply silly, but that's I like metal too, and a lot of metal is deeply silly. So it's are you a fan? Slow me down. Of Puddle of Mud? No, of Prog Rock. <laughs> um, oh, God, we're going to be talking about Puddle of Mud all goddamn <laughs> afternoon. They are the number one. No, um, I, uh, not really. I mean, I think in, I, uh, yeah, I just didn't grow up listening to it. And I, uh, the ostentatiousness of the worst aspects of Prog Rock, I think, turned me off. But the, the I think the post-punk period that drew influence from Prog is fascinating. And there are a lot of artists that I do love who have taken influence from Prague. So, and I do enjoy Monobody, which is Nobdi's proggy band. That yeah, to, to, to be fair, my dad had a bunch of ELP records on vinyl when I was growing up in the seventies. And so my brain was poisoned at a formative age. All right. So what's the other song you got? Did you say you have two? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Play Kaina. Yeah. Kaina. Who, Kaina? Uh, you, you pronounce yeah. the I hardly? Like yeah. That? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Kaina Castillo. Um, she, uh, I was, I was diphthong in that. <laughs> Kaina. She, uh, her album, her debut, which came out last year, is number twenty-eight. I think it's tie for four. It's a four-way tie for number twenty-eight. Uh, next, next to, to the, the sun. sun. Uh, let's go with Jinx. the. Let's go with the song "Green," which it's one of the. I think it might have been the first single off this album. I mean, somebody comes out with a full length. That's their first full length. It sounds like that. People are going to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sen Morimoto, who's, again, one of the co-owners of the label that she's on, uh, produced this album with her. Um, yeah, they're both quite talented musicians, along with Namdi. Uh, and she, she grew up in Irving Park. Her parents are immigrants. A lot of this album deals with her... Uh, her talking about what it means to be part of the immigrant experience in America at, a, at this particular moment, um, and and also about her place in the community here. Um, yeah, she she came out of the Happiness Club, which is this great after school like youth arts program here, uh, and she's 
part of the overlapping like R&B and soul and hip hop scenes in Chicago. She's worked with Jamila Woods for a bit, who is uh, particularly like popular and great musician from here and poet uh, who had two albums in the top mm-hmm. 10. Uh, and number she, eight and number seven. Yeah. And Kaina also sings on the album that got the number one spot on this list. Um, incredible voice um, and, and kind of a, just like a real person, a personable uh, performer as well. Yeah. Um, you can, you can hear is uh, speaking of both R and B and, immigrant experience how much of like uh like latinx music is sort of percolated through what is i guess superficially more of an r&b song but you heard the the syncopation in the percussion uh the bass line highly reminiscent um but in a subtle way i appreciate that as well yeah like yeah it's got uh, a character that you can tell she thought about introducing to the music so she she came up with the with like the percussion line in this song just tapping out the the beat on her thigh while going to pick up send from the airport one day uh and recorded it on her phone and then they worked out the song idea together yeah it's like oh i, I couldn't quite get my finger on it but it's almost a clave pattern yeah yeah uh let's take us through the top 10 Oh, you want to go? Oh, you're just cutting, cutting the, cutting the. T- well, do we have any other songs? <laughs> no, we have no other songs. I don't have. I don't. Yeah, because well, no, nothing I voted for is in the top ten. Unfortunately, n- what's, what's the highest? What was number one on your list? Uh, number Philip? number one on my list. Yeah, or what's the one that got the most votes that you voted for? I was oh, the, the, high, the top spot. Yeah. The highest ranking record that I also voted for is is at number thirteen. Uh, it is Spooks by the uh, avant garde group Ono. Uh, I think second for me is at 17 uh, parts by the duo Ohm. And, and both those were... albums were written about. Oh, talk about Ohm because uh, one of the, I'm look, reading the uh, the excerpt about Ohm. Uh, the father of yep. one of the Ohm yep. uh, performers is a regular on this show. Yeah. And he performs on this show. In Wait, fact, who? he was going to bring his daughter. Remember? Oh, yeah, He's supposed yeah. to bring his daughter. PC. One Yo, PC. You're supposed to bring your daughter. Remember PC, that? PC who? Peter P.C. Cunningham. Cunningham uh, his daughter. Seema's uh, dad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Seema's dad. Yeah, that's how he's known among the the, the rock crowd. Uh, and uh, anyway, uh, Peter P.C. Cunningham has been a, a, a strat, political strategist in this town for a long time. Usually on the opposite side of things with, for me, but... Part of my effort, uh, Lior, just to branch out and have the Biden crowd recognize he's one of the Biden people that comes through here. But I, he keeps telling me that his children uh, are more to the left of him. Yeah, which uh, makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Biden guy, surprise, surprise, lover of puddle of mud. <laughs> he played an acoustic song. Actually, PC blurry. Can, he, he he's a talented musician in his own right. And come in, he yeah. he brings his guitar and he sings his songs, and uh, and then we talk politics. But talk 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 a little bit more about. Um, uh, this group and give a shout out to Seema Cunningham. Oh, I, I, I have opinions about Ohm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Philip loves it. We were we were editing a story that had nothing to do with Ohm yesterday and Philip started playing this record. <laughs> well why not? It's a great record. It's yeah. Great. I'm not I'm not I'm not fighting I, you on that. I think I, I'm old enough to be reminded of stuff like like Suzanne Lewis, the record she did with Thinking Plague of of Hale of uh Amy Dodio in Tone you, Dogs. You know like, all these, Ben. Oh yeah, I've got like them this, all on my um, my this, phone. Just this really, pro, the really progressive, like post rock and opposition kind of uh, avant garde art rock, uh-huh. where where there was uh, 
just a, a kind of really, I guess this sort of curiosity about different sounds and different kinds of music and what can we make work in a rock context that isn't necessarily like part of the idiom by its evolution. You know, what could be imported into this? What could we graft on? It was just this kind of gonzo bonkers experimentation and it was often really fun. And you can hear that going on in the Ohm record and they're, for their age, they're just intimidatingly skilled. I'm, I'm, I'm highly envious of how much they've accomplished already. Um, uh, the, I think the very first song in the record is entirely in 5-8. In it's in an odd meter, and they're so good at writing that that you just have to sit down and count it to even notice. Like, I don't know. I, Seema I like and Macy, a lot. Seema and Macy, are, their interplay is, is magnificent. If you get the chance to see them live, which they do play out as frequently as possible. I think they're in Mexico right now on tour. They were, um, they were just announced uh, on one of the Pitchfork preview shows yeah to celebrate the pitchfork fest 15th anniversary am i i might be or the website's 15 there's there's something they, they're doing a couple like pre-festival announcement events and ohm is playing one of them uh and i believe that's at the caa downtown chicago athletic association um but yeah uh if you yeah please get the chance to see them uh Seema and macy the way that they play off each other is remarkable and they've yeah. had Namdi play percussion for them yeah they're, they're, they're uh, also improvisers as well M- Macy is probably better known in that context she's on the list in another band which is I believe at uh, number 34 Marker one of Ken Vandermark's groups New Industries that's uh I guess as John Corbett puts it, sort of uh, like post-punk energy uh, funneling into explosive architecture, exploding architecture, excuse me. Oh, yeah, there Whatever that it. means. No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't make fun of John's writing. He's wonderful. Yes, don't make fun of his writing. Uh, <laughs> don't make fun was, of the writer was, that you uh, contri- got to uh, contribute to this. Uh, you can make fun special of me. Okay, no, I, know of ex- I know exactly what John means. It would just be too difficult for me to explain right now. Lior, what was your number one? My number one. Oh, I didn't say what mine was. Yeah. Oh, I thought yours was the. Oh, those were the highest those were the ranking highest records rankings. that yeah. I happened yeah. to vote for. Oh, what was my, the highest? Okay, go ahead. What was your number one? My, my number one is also at 34th place. There is uh, quite a pile up there. I believe it's a 23 way tie at 10 points yeah, each. Yeah, 23 way tie. Yeah, everybody, everybody who voted picked 10 records. Their number one choice got 10 points, yeah. their number 10 choice got one point. And. You know, I, hopefully you can extrapolate how it works in between. Uh, but my number one choice was uh, an album by a classical group in Chicago, a percussion quartet, Third Coast Percussion, Paddle to the Sea. Um, and partly I was being deliberately perverse by putting a classical record at the top of the list because I, I had been able to see, as someone who's working on this poll, there's so little classical here. Mm-hmm. You know, once you've narrowed down your... Chicago records from the past 10 years to 10, they're all amazing. You could basically put them in whatever order you like, I think. So I wanted to make sure that Third Coast understood that, that I see them out there. <laughs> I'm, and uh, I'm trying to find, I can't, for some reason I can't find it on my list, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so Lior, which one was your number one? My number one? Yeah. Chances Acid Rap. Which, uh, number which one. Got, <laughs> which, oh my God. which got, which got number, which, which, which ended up in the third spot. And I think my second pick ended up in the first spot. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you were more, more in tune with the, the more in tune with the people who voted. I mean, in you know, in the sense that like several of my I, yeah, I I think the albums that I submitted ended up being not conservative necessarily, but uh, and they definitely reflected my taste. But it's just like it, yeah, this is such a challenge to show. The, the, I think I had, without even trying that much, at least 40 albums just like assembled for this thing. And it was very hard to cut down. And a uh, number of the albums in my top 10, it was like, these are not only great and, and I stand by them absolutely, but I think that they're culturally significant too. And I wanted to, to put them in there. Uh, yeah, more, more, uh, more in tune than me is not a high bar to clear. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, and, and I think these are also meaningful to me, to my experience as a Chicago and into my experience working at this paper. I think almost every album that I included in my top 10, I had written about at length at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, you know, one of the two that I wrote about my feature on him ended up getting him a record deal with, with XL, which I, you know, I, I had to write about, um, you know, that, yeah, that is Willis Earl Beale. Willis Earl Beale. Um, and and I was the only person that voted for that record. Uh, I don't care if anyone else liked it. I when I wrote that story, I just wanted to to make sure that anyone else who might need that album would feel the same and could feel the same way hearing it would be able to listen to it. Is that on the list at all? It is on the list. Yeah. What number? What number is that tied for? Oh, it's tied for forty third. Okay. Uh, Thirty two way tie for. 43rd. I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. And that is a, the, the, the significance of that album is something that I still wrestle with every day and will stick with me for the rest of my life in part because of the experience of not only hearing it when it was, you know, at first when there were just a a handful of songs and some person's blog, you know, personal blog, um, and then seeing it come to fruition and seeing him sign to a label and, and him being this person who exists in, you know, uh, in, in my life not every day, but exists as a person who I've had like a significant kind of, uh, <laughs> uh, he's, he's had significance in my life, both musically and, uh, personally in the sense of like, he's, he's somebody who I think he, as a figure is just fascinating. And, uh, whenever we see each other, which is rare cause he no longer lives here. It's, you know, it's like not a day has passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I was the only person who ended up voting for a, a group with uh, Dave Rempis's name in it. <laughs> he might be... You wrote in, the essay on him, didn't you? Yeah, he yeah. might be in some of the ensembles that uh, were chosen for... Uh, uh, some of the other jazz records that ended up are. He might be in the ensembles, but he was a... a, a what's the word for that? It, the band's named after him, the Rempis Percussion Quartet. Uh, but no, I, I think Dave is such, uh, an important part of that community in Chicago as well. Now his, his activities as a musician are only part of what he contributes. He's, he's an important, uh, organizer and promoter of shows. He's run a series with Elastic Arts for, I don't even know, more than 15 years. Has it been more than, yeah. I think I'm I'm not nearly as good at remembering. He details was one of the, the, I'm the the 44. He was in the 44th. Well, yes, yeah. yes, and that's and that's sort of the complicated. I mean, just I think Philip. What Philip La- is also saying, right? La- last place on this list is yeah. is nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. Also, I, what, and and uh, you know, just the I felt it was important to think about things like what does someone contribute to the to the community? Like he he yeah. 
connects so many people with his work. It's very, it's really admirably selfless because uh, honestly, this kind of free improvised music is, does not have a large audience. Like people don't do this because they think they're going to break out and make a ton of money and go retire somewhere. They do it because they love doing it. And to find someone who, who can not only like scrabble like that to find a foothold in a scene that really doesn't have pop, mass popular support, but also find the energy to elevate other people and to connect other people and to make their careers and their lives better. Like that's really admirable. And I, you know, it's like Dave needs to be on this list. I mean, this is sort of, I mean, just us talking about this now is what I hope to encourage with, uh, you know, with this endeavor is getting people to realize just like how rich this city's music communities are and how, you know, I think the album as, as a measurement and as a tool for, you know, documenting what's happened isn't perfect. The, you know, the improvised scene, so much of the joy of experiencing that music is going to see it live there's uh, the the percentage of dance music in here. There's a high percentage of footwork albums on here in comparison to like house music albums. There's like no techno, but you know Chicago has a very rich dance community, and so it's you know it's kind of uh, unfortunate that that doesn't get reflected in album list. But but I think we we well, it was the 2010s to be yes, fair. Yes, that's also true. Um, but but just showing that like you know this is there are constraints to how we can document all of this and within the confines of this i think we're able to like really open up the conversations it's been interesting seeing people how they respond being like there's so much here that like i didn't know about and, and this and i'm learning so much and it's it's encouraging me to listen to it have yeah. you had a strong reaction from people who think you're just completely out of line that you've just missed the boat that you uh gave uh some well, <laughs> it's, we're not let's not talk about that one it's it's hard to be entirely out of line when your list has 338 albums on it, you're always going to get people who are like, Oh, why isn't so-and-so on here? Why is it, you know, it's like, well, um, we only 57 people voted, I guess. Um, I certainly don't think they're a lousy band, you know, maybe we'll invite you next time and you can vote for them. It's, it's fine. It's, but yeah, it's, it's going to happen. What, what we wanted to do was to try to find a way because you can't placate everybody who has a personal favorite that they want to see validated on a list like this. Mm -hmm. You know, if people have that psychology where they, they like to have their taste reflected back to them, you're going to miss a few of them no matter how hard you try. So I, th I think it's better to attempt as broad a scatter as possible so that someone who's curious about music and, and knowledgeable about music could read through this thing and every so often like, I, I've never heard of that. Did who, you have that reaction this? at all? There's quite a yeah. few. Yeah. There's quite a few bands on here who were new to me, mm -hmm. and, and and you go look them up. Like even someone who's pretty plugged in could could page through this and end up discovering an entire genre of music they had no idea existed, and that's what I want to happen mm -hmm. with this. You know, I mean, just go, even even assembling this, going through all this, uh, reading what Philip wrote about Dead Rider, which is a band that I think because of for personally uh that i listened to but only you know sporadically and part of that is is uh is not because i didn't like them but philip and peter and kevin warwick who's you know longtime reader writer who also contributed to this they had that band covered and uh one of my shameful blind spots as as in the professionally is like 
somebody else is covering it, I'm going to focus on something else. So that means I miss things. But reading Philip's description really encouraged me to go back and revisit that band. Uh, I, I like music that is upsetting. So do I. It's disturbing. Yeah. It's weird. But they are also... <laughs> yeah. Gross. What do you mean by upsetting? It upsets you or... What do you mean by it's, upsetting? It, yes. No, I, I, I guess what I'm saying about... Well, to stick with the example of Dead Rider, they're fundamentally a rock band, but the the vocals are kind of creepy and breathy and ugh, it's just the drumming staggers and stumbles all the time weaves around the beat falls through the floor but always in a way where you know it's deliberate it'll snap back on it'll be like oh i did that on purpose what what happened to your brain when when i did that you know it's it's um <laughs> it's a it's a a kind of decadent perversion of rock and roll <laughs> where it's it's kind of chewing itself to pieces while mm-hmm. while the song happens and you know if you don't want to listen to that yeah been, chewing you, itself to pieces while the song happens if you've been in this business for <laughs> yeah, a long time a and line. you've heard a lot a lot of rock and roll like sometimes you just kind of glaze over it's like you've developed a tolerance to things that that ordinary people uh, can still still find stimulating and so yeah when I, when somebody just really fucks it up sideways it's like okay now you've got my attention you know and that's that's a a, a consequence of listening to way 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 too much music mm. for literally decades and i i don't necessarily recommend it because it means that most things are boring to you now <laughs> I recommend listening to Dead Rider. I was going to point out yeah. one F-bomb so far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were, I think there was an earlier one, uh, which will probably get cut because it came when we were... Oh, well, I did, it on, I, did it on purp- <laughs> I did it on purpose because I knew we were going to cut it. Yeah. Yes. I see. Uh, you wanted to keep pace... Well, you got a ways to go before you keep pace with Maya. A, band, a band I saw on the list, and uh, I saw them a few... Uh, while ago Chicago. oh no no, no i'm not <laughs> going puddle of mud bong ripper Stop yeah bong ripper yeah they're awesome yeah. yeah we got two bong ripper albums on there really two yeah. two yeah um miserable ben you would hate it uh, no dennis Satan, and i went Satan to that concert together <laughs> yeah. yeah we went and then afterwards we had pizza didn't we very very uh, sludgy uh doom like kind of like doom metal or something right it's, yeah. no it's yeah it's doomed to a fault yeah. it's in- instrumental which is yeah. unusual in that particular idiom not only unusual but just the fact that they are they are a fairly popular band for uh i think because they have bong in their name <laughs> well, they're really big. cool though that's yeah. you know more they're, instrumental and I, I really like them yeah oh, they're, they're genuinely popular i noticed being, two uh bands being facetious two older bands on here uh wilco and veruca salt veruca salt huh oh i miss them yeah uh yeah. are you a wilco fan i edited this sure? whole yeah. thing and i forgot veruca salt was even yeah. on it yeah, I'm. Yeah, I like I like Wilco. I've I'm another shameful thing is that I haven't listened to them that much. Um, I've seen them live a couple of times at least, which I think you have to if there's, you live here. There's um, not nearly enough metal on this list. That's one of my opinions. Yeah, about and it. yeah, I'm sure that there's a Wilco <laughs> um, fan who's going to see this and go, "Star Wars is the only Wilco album on this thing." But which uh, is, Oozing Wound is well represented. Yeah, Oozing Wound, which Oozing is a metal Wound? band. They're a yes. thrash. Yeah, thrash. I think they have three albums on here. They're not. They're not <laughs> conventional thrash. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Wait. What's the difference well. between thrash and metal? What, thrash, thrash is a sub subset of metal. It's like the difference between uh, bourbon and whiskey. You're gonna have to explain that. Yeah. One you me. gotta come on, man. Bourbon <laughs> is a kind of whiskey. Thrash is a kind of metal. 
So so metal is just like the you have you have your Canadian, oh, yeah. you have oh, your so Irish, you have right, your bourbon, you have your Scotch. You know what I'm saying? Uh, okay, but <laughs> <laughs> what are the different subsets of metal? Oh God, there's so many. Well, just Why are you two. doing this to me? Just because, two? Yeah, I, I'm, you know here, I'm going to give you. Thing, I'm, I'm going to give I'm you. A, a, I'm going to tell you that. Here's my thing about rock writers. <laughs> you assume that everybody knows you. what you're talking oh, about. We're being accused of something, Leo. No, I'm speaking gonna, directly to you, young fellow. Oh, just me. Yeah, Leo. I will. I will. I, I, wait. Let me I finish will, my point. Okay. You're already on my good side for calling me young, though. Uh, you work from the assumption that everybody knows what you're talking about. Yes. This is one of my pet peeves about the reader going back and to this, the 90s and, and the 80s, and if this I may is, say. And, and I'm going to interject and say this is one of the great things about working with Philip is that he is really good about about tr- about showing you that like no you're you're not everyone who's going to read this is knowledgeable about this. That and is that you have to you have to write. I, I think Philip has really helped me figure out how to write for not only fans of an artist or specific genre, but for everyone. So, so that if give you know me two nothing sub about music, genres well, I, I, of battle. I, I do want to say something <laughs> Go ahead. about the reader's editorial voice. Uh-huh. Since you did bring it up, mm-hmm. we do go for a sweet spot. Like we're, we're looking for a balance between, okay, we assume a reader who knows something about music and who is curious, engaged, passionate about it, wants to learn more. So we're aiming at that hypothetical person. So we're not going to explain everything, but you know we're going we're to assume a, a, a foundation of knowledge and try to lead them deeper down whatever rabbit hole we're we're exploring that particular day. So mm. as far as different kinds of metal, mm. I could go uh, I could go on for quite some time, sir. Yeah. Well, uh, I f- I feel in general black metal, thrash metal, power metal. Oh, there we go. Uh, what is the difference between metal. black metal and power metal? Oh dear lord! Uh, the <laughs> now you've done it. Come on, man. Uh, power metal has lots of twiddly guitar solos, and it's about dragons. No, uh, it. <laughs> but I see. Here's where here's where I I have made my bid. I I accept my fate. No, uh, power power metal is very po- strongly melodic. Uh, there is a great focus on flashy instrumental velo- uh, virtuosity. Mm-hmm. There tends to be, the vocals tend to be cleanly sung, what you'd understand as actual singing. Um, there are, there's a, a lot of emphasis on fantasy subjects, although there's a really great power metal band called Sabaton that likes to write about, I think their most recent record was about World War I. I can't remember. Uh, whereas, whereas black metal is kind of the opposite of that. It's frequently accused of self-seriousness. It's uh, also sometimes aligned with fascism, which you have to be pretty careful about. Mm. There is a subset of black metal called NSBM, National Socialist Black Metal. Do we have any of those records on this list? No. No. Okay. Um, we, do, I, we do. There are some black metal albums on this list, but unless I'm mistaken, nearly you'd ha- all of them You'd are. have to be uh, kind of a, a committed troll to to vote on a public ballot for a Nazi band. Like you'd, you'd really, you'd really have to know it was coming your way if you did that. There are, there are some, um, but uh, a lot, there are still people who believe it doesn't count as black metal unless it's Satanist. Uh, There's a, Ben, you like movies. Uh, last year there was a movie that came out about some of the foundational black metal musicians from Norway called Lords of Chaos, which stars one of the Culkins. Is not a very good movie. It's not a, good not a very good movie. Yeah, but but, but I did it, I black, did appreciate black metal is it's it's frequently got like really rapid blast beats like you know like I can't 
make a blast beat with my mouth. Um, You're doing a good the, job. Yeah, not with that. The, the, yeah. the vocals are, are frequently shrieked. Yeah. Um, there's often an, an emphasis on like raw or lo-fi production, uh, like an icy sound, you know, grim and frostbitten is the cliche. Uh, lots of tremolo picking, very rapid tremolo picking. Uh, but, you know, black metal has been around for long enough that they're like, I'm wearing a black metal shirt right now. Right. Can you read that? Of course no, you can't read that. I thought that was the Eagles. <laughs> my, my, I thought that was his Eagles shirt. My, my <laughs> back, on my backpack, <laughs> the Eagles. It says, it says Oransi Pazuzu. It's a Finnish band, and, and they're like cosmic or psychedelic black metal. Um, you know, the, I, I don't know their lyric content because Finnish is really above my pay grade. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's very yeah. layered and intricate and like... It's like a, it's like some kind of deep space trip in a Flash Gordon serial, you know. It's very lurid and crazy sounding, and I love it because it's, so, you know, frankly, a lot of like raw or minimal black metal gets gets boring to me because it all sounds the same. Mm-hmm. There's an incredible variety of sound in this band, but also black metal, so whatever. Mm-hmm. I've got a, I've got a pin for a black metal band on my bag. It's Are and you it's, calling Mismore black metal? Yeah. I don't know. Mismore. Mismore, it's, Mismore, and it's in Hebrew, Sorry. which is yeah. I would have said Black and Doom. Yeah, one thing I'm noticing. Is, on are, this you, list, are you picking? <laughs> yeah, are you following along? Ben? <laughs> I'm following yeah, the translation. One thing I'm noticing on this list: a wide variety of years. Uh, you know, you got some in 2010 and some in 2019. That's uh, what happens with linear time. And what what year would you say uh, had the most? In you know, the top? that's that is one way we did not break down yeah. the data. Part of me, if in my more ambitious idea for this, would have been like pie charts we could do pie, pie charts and like break down the uh what year people like some of these albums fell under but i, I, I don't I, the list to my say non-scientific uh recollection it does favor more recent stuff but i think that's just a function of how people's brains mm. remember you got, things you guys the last good, the top 10 does you guys did a good job of spreading it out to like local h's in here that's an older band <laughs> i'm familiar with yeah um, like we, we we tried to to contact uh, as wide a variety of critics as we could, knowing yeah. that that would help us get different records. We didn't, we didn't want to just participate in a very labor intensive exercise in consensus building, you know, like we didn't want everybody voting for the same stuff because you don't learn anything that way. And, uh, the question here I noticed on the list as well, uh, juice world, the guy who passed away recently is that, uh, you know, is that a good album, or was you know are you kind of doing that for in the honor the, of Juice World? I mean, I'm not going to speak ha- for the. Critic you'd have to ask who, whoever voted for it. Yeah, I'm okay. not going to speak for the critic who okay, submitted cool, that, cool. but I think that was totally in earnest. I mean, Juice yeah. World, I and I'm not going to assume either of you, your taste or anything or, or knowledge of him, but he was huge. He was hugely popular. There's a reason that made mm-hmm. such big news. This is true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there are a lot of people who swear by that guy and who would have probably rank that album a lot higher uh, i got i got been hip to nardwar uh, in the last uh, year oh or so. yeah nardwar. And nardwar interviewed juice world yeah. so you've, you've seen juice world yes i have seen juice world big the fan human, of nardwar a human serviette i've seen yeah. i've seen juice world in concert twice and the response that he got out of people for the first time i saw him it was a really unremarkable set yeah. uh, and the second time i saw him wasn't that much better but. all right i'm looking at the let's go <laughs> the top three not top 10 top three three two one okay you are start with number three Chance's acid rap. Chance the rapper's acid rap. Twenty thirteen. Number three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's better than puddle of mud. Well, oh god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, that was that was my top choice. I've uh, 
I, that I think is a really watershed album for a lot of young people in this city for a lot of hip hop fans elsewhere for a lot of pop fans. I mean, that's what catapulted chance to, you know, the current level of popularity and celebrity that he's at now. Um, and the, the, I, th- I think the weight of the material in there is remarkable. His, it, it, that really showcased his kind of fluidity as a performer, uh, and, and his, um, the the sense of pathos that he could insert into his uh into his rapping and the amount of fun that he could you could tell that that is a fun that that was there there was a lot of fun that he had in in that in that album there was a lot that he was wrestling with too i mean a good chunk of that album is inspired by seeing one of his close friends get stabbed to death in front of him outside of a party in lincoln park Mm -hmm. um in that case has never been solved um and the, the some of the best material on that album really confronts grief and death uh in in this really palatable way uh but it's such a joyous album and it has so much to do with at, when i listen to it it has so much to do with the community that uh surrounded him that he tapped into and that has really kind of changed the direction of culture in this city broadly uh there's so many people that he collaborated with on, with on that album who have found big careers including the two album the you know the, the two people responsible for the other two albums in the top three lists are both on acid rap can i ask you a question Leo? yeah yeah i because you're a better judge of this than me my perception of of chance in recent years is that he's almost become a victim of his success yeah absolutely that that he was seen as such a, a genuine spokesperson for his community when he first uh emerged as as a, a headlining stature kind of yeah. artist and you know the bigger he got the harder it was for that connection to seem real to people which i uh i think that the latter part of your statement is particularly true in the past year or two but when coloring book which i which is also in the top 10 came out in 2016 and really like cemented his status as a celebrity um as as somebody that was beloved by people who never bothered to listen to a single one of his songs uh he was still able to uh communicate uh uh like on a deep personal level with his audience that suggested a like a personal connection um and and a lot of the things that he said that was around the time that he started doing social works i think kicked off then he led the parade of the polls he was active in the community in a really new way uh that that felt genuine and that that was closer to acid rap than it is to now yes yes and now i'm uh there there are there are things that he's done publicly that have disappointed me as somebody who still sees the good in him such as what oh, uh, no. his, his him purchasing I just had a return of the Jedi flashback <laughs> him purchasing Chicagoist and parlaying that into like a like a, a positive thing for his you know his personal image and then doing nothing with it he sat on that website for at least a year and a half and after initially suggesting that he would use this to benefit minority communities in the city that didn't see themselves in the news he has not only done nothing, but in, in a recent interview um, with, I forget the name of the business magazine, he suggested that he's just turning it into a like 
uh, resource for entertainment, like similar to Yelp, essentially. He didn't say those words, but it the, that description suggested it'd be like Yelp. Um, and I mean, my fear from like, I wrote about that within 24 hours of that news breaking being like, hey, this could be really good. Like, it's great that somebody is doing something with the site that is has been dormant and quite frankly, wasn't that relevant for the past year. Like they were, they, they didn't have any money. They were just kind of like hanging on and they were purchased by DNA info when they were a direct competitor of DNA info. And it seemed like things were going away and that could have been a really good thing. Chance is in tune with what's happening in media. He definitely pays attention to that stuff and cares about it. Uh, my fear back then was like, cool. You have the biggest pop star in the city that owns a website that does put a lot, that does cover mm-hmm. music yeah. and the conflict of interest there just like written into it would be a real challenge for any editor and reporter for that website uh, to work against. Uh, I did not at exp- the same time. It wouldn't have been difficult for a relaunched Chicago is to just not cover music. Yeah. But if it if did cover, want, yeah, if you wanted to approach that responsibly, yeah. you'd say, well, there's other things we can do with this platform. And, and, and here's, and I, I think every day that goes by that nothing happens to that site that the homepage is a plug in your address to find out who your alderman is, you know, widget that doesn't even work anymore. <laughs> it's incredibly depressing because we need every news outlet for this city to function better. We need all that. And uh, just and let, let's not forget that it's 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 not a responsible way to spend money. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In that in that interview with whatever the that I was, think Fast Company. That was a joke. He Yes. Yes. But only partly in that interview with Fast Company, he talked about how like the the whoever wrote it suggested that like he was comparing himself to like when Oprah and Jay-Z and all these other like figureheads in black communities who are known in one field try to go into business in in another field. And the criticism that they get didn't, you know, like they 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 were able to overcome that and do really well in those other businesses. But you know, we all know that news is not like a normal business. This is, you you can't go into this. Do you know what he paid for it? No idea. Yeah. If if maybe if it was, if he picked it up for a fire sale price that he wasn't terribly motivated to, to follow through. Sure. He wasn't just going to be setting a big pile of money on a fire. It would be a very small pile of money. Regardless that, that, that is something that as a listener and given my, my like profession has been very hard to see. And that definitely filters in, into how I listen to his music and how I see him uh, in just like in public. Like, I still think he does a lot of good. He still does a lot of good. He, I think in the spring performed for a class of inmates who had just received their GEDs mm-hmm. and it was a private ceremony. Like, th- that's great. He still is cares deeply about the communities that he's involved in, but there's there there are things like that where i'm just like what are you what are you doing i also i was supremely disappointed in the album that he put out and i think again part of that has to be reflected through uh seeing how stretched thin he's made himself uh because it felt like this was not a priority making this album was not a priority it just felt like he was trying to appease so many different parties who were listening to it i don't know who this album was for there's some good material on there but it's you know it's it's not as a rap it's not any of the other i think he put out three really amazing full lengths and then you know that album was just fine uh, we still have two and one to get yeah, to. yeah sorry about that i talked <laughs> I a lot yeah, that was uh, a riff. yeah. i did uh, i did want to point out mm-hmm. since i have made such a lot of noise about 
our efforts to uh, establish breadth in this list and to get as many different kinds of records on it, there there is still something of a consensus around these top few. Because if, if you think about it, if you look at the way the points shook out, down at 44, it's everybody tied at one point. Mm-hmm. Saba's record is at 101 points. Yeah. And that's a top album. Yeah, all right, we just gave but, it away. We're supposed to go two sorry. to one. <laughs> <laughs> Three, but two, one. But it's... <laughs> This has been on the streets for two days, Ben. Yeah, well, yeah. But it, it, I'm, what I'm saying is you, get from, you get from number one to at 101 points, just at number 10, mm-hmm. the total's already fallen to 37. So these these the fact that, that the, the top records were in the 80s, 90s, 100s, like, you know, that actually represents a pretty significant yeah, a consensus. Uh, consensus in this context. All right, so number two. Number two is Telephone by No Name. Also, on Acid Rap, she came out of the... You know the U Media uh, scene. U Media being the the teen center down at Harold Washington Library, mm-hmm. where Chance, where No Name, where Saba, where so many young people, not just rappers, have gone to do creative work and have a space for themselves. Uh, there's going to be a book, if not more than one book, written about that place because it's amazing that in a city where there are few opportunities for young people to convene and 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 share ideas and just like be have their own space outside of school in their homes that exists and that provides resources for young people to figure themselves out creatively and and individually was that a, a metaphor for its significance are you actually aware of a book in process i i'm not aware of a book in process okay, but I, so you gotta yeah. you gotta write that now yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I've ideas out there. I'm I'm going to pitch, <laughs> I'm going to pitch you, Philip, right now in front of all the listeners of the show. But I mean, I've written about Brother Mike, who on a book, created. Huh? I'm going to need some not over, on a book. <laughs> I'm going to need some overtime. Uh, but I've written about Brother Mike, who created the U Media program down at Harold Washington Library mm-hmm. when he passed away uh, in 2016, I believe. Uh, no name references Brother Mike's death in Telephone, which is again, this is such a reflection of her community of of. It is a beautiful record. It is soulful. It it is steeped in, uh, really like, uh, rich, like soul music. It's uh, it's wonderfully produced. You got you got a song title that uh, you can look up here. We I don't, we, I, I don't, I don't think, think we can play it. Yeah, so, that's yeah. not one. Yeah, we don't get permission. Get the, yeah, yeah, we, we don't have get permission. We don't yeah. have that kind of license here. Yeah. Nope, we do not have that license here. Sorry for assuming. Yeah, yeah. No, unfortunately, we don't have that for, uh, kind of license here. I have a college radio background where, you know, pretty much. And and it's changed probably since you were in college because the rules regarding uh, which, which streams as opposed yeah. to what you play or over the airwaves are different, as I discovered uh, the last uh, time I uh, tried to do something like this. All right, number one. Number one. Number one. Yeah. Number one. Uh <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> number one is... If you're not there, you better be in jail. If you're in jail, break out. Uh, number one is is Care For Me by Saba, the rapper from Austin, who, again, came out of the U Media and Young Chicago Authors communities. Uh, I mean, this album, I cried when I first heard it. And I think I've, uh, I've gotten pretty emotionally worked up every time I've seen him perform some of these songs since then. Yeah, now I feel really bad for making a dumb sense. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> the, uh, a lot of this is inspired by the life of his cousin and one of his close friends and member of his hip hip hop collective Pivot Gang, uh, who performed on the name John Walt, who was stabbed to death uh, a few years ago. Who's somebody that I also knew. Um, so when 
the, the towards the end of the of the album there's a song called prom slash king which is inspired by the first night that he and his cousin really bonded uh when his cousin walt uh got him a date to his prom uh and then it it progresses through their relationship mm-hmm. up until the uh night that he was murdered i i i unlike leor i do not know the principles personally it is still quite a difficult song to get all the way through <laughs> it yeah it ends it ends with uh like emo- emotionally i mean it's yeah. un- unpleasant to yeah. anything it is yeah it is i mean saba is a gifted lyricist who who can really bring you into his world uh and and it it's a it is a moving song and it ends with they found a recording that walt made that his vocals sync up to the uh to the instrumental perfectly and it just fades out on his voice have you let saba know that he was number one does he know he i didn't know no. no you haven't reached yeah. out we you know i one of one of the priorities i wanted to make sure that the writers saw this for knew that knew that this was happening and they've been responding well um yeah, but this, this is this project has been underway for almost three months yeah mm. And part of what I, I mean, among the many reasons I wanted to do this was because there are a lot of writers in the community here that we've never worked with and that I, I admire and I love the work that they're doing and I appreciate all the communities that they're tapped into. And uh, I wanted to get them involved in the reader in even the smallest way that we could. Uh, and I think that we successfully did that with, with this project. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be remiss not to mention that Lior did uh just a colossal amount of logistic work like assembling a spreadsheet of potential uh contributors for this and and tracking down contact information when we didn't have it um like sort of collating and compiling the poll results as they came in like i mean i I guess i wrote the poll and the invitations but I mean, a, a lot of the, the grunt work on the ground, Lior was doing, mm-hmm. like throughout this whole lengthy process, this would, this would have, I mean, obviously it wouldn't have happened without him. It was his idea, but <laughs> I, I guess what I'm saying is like, there was, yeah. there would have been no way for us to pull it off uh-huh. if Lior had stopped at the idea. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, the single biggest thing that the music section has ever published in a single week. It's, it's like yeah. the if you count the ballots, the individual ballots that are posted online, it's it's about fourteen thousand words. Yeah. So what do you got next, Leor? What are you gonna do next? We uh, we're actually oral history of uh, Blue Groove Lounge is coming out next week. Yeah, Je- Jesse De La Pena's nineties uh, hip hop series. Wow. It's a so. crucial. Yeah, it was a crucial hip hop weekly that anyone that was doing anything in the local scene for uh, over the course of nine years stopped by and. Yeah. If if not spent every Monday night at so they're they're having a couple uh, anniversary events so we figured well no time like the anniversary yeah <laughs> all right everybody it's the best Chicago albums of the 2010s by the reader staff and contributors uh, Leo and Philip thank you so much for coming in and that's another Ben Jarofsky bonus show take care everybody. <laughs>